What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together we are FNA Van Life. This is the podcast where every week we bring you news from the nomadic community or interviews with other nomads so that you can know what it's really like to live life on the road. And man, do we love life on the road and do we love our nomadic community. It's been such a beautiful blessing for us. I feel like that it's something that we didn't expect uh, to get into this life and, and meet a community of people. And I just feel so blessed. Yeah, I feel like you've been catching up with some of your nomad friends this week and making some phone calls and things. Often with your, our nomad friends, you know, you come together for a time and then you're apart and then you come together and then you're apart and then you might be apart for like a year plus. Yeah, and I think one thing that when we were on the road, it was easier to get in contact with these people because we would like see the area that they were in via Instagram or whatever. We'd just be texting or something like that, knowing that we're both on the road and now that Alex and I at the moment are kind of stationary just waiting for this baby to come you know it, it gets a little bit harder to remember to call those people and so I've just been trying to make a conscious effort to uh, call the people that you know we were on the road with and, and met on the road and have been such a you know beautiful part of our community so uh, yeah I mean I've just been trying to make that effort maybe you know even if you're not nomadic and and you have people in your life that you haven't talked to in quite some time maybe this is your sign to just pick up the phone and and reach out and you know I think that people absolutely love when you take that time to reach out to them you know it's it's one of those things that I know for me it's when somebody reaches out and calls me I'm like oh that was so nice to talk to them and I feel like I get the same response after I get up, like when I'm getting off the phone with the other people. For sure. Absolutely. Speaking of people reaching out to us last week, we had a poll associated with our podcast. So if you're not familiar with that, I think it's only available through Spotify. So wherever you're listening, we appreciate you. But on Spotify, we have a poll and we had a question last week. And so if you guys remember last week, our podcast was all about making money on the road and how to earn an income while you're traveling. And so one of our responsors, Aaron, said, we invested some money when we sold the house, which is very typical, very common for people getting into full-time van life. They sell the house. They want to move into the van. But Aaron says, this dang box van has cost us way more than we anticipated. Also, very common. Yes. So if you've got common. a build budget, I would double it. Just to be safe. <laughs> yeah, because you just, you never know what we're going to get into on the road and like, you know, whether it's going to be something in the back area of the living space or the engine itself. And when it becomes engine stuff, it gets costly. Well, yeah, and you should really do the engine stuff first because I feel like often what people do is they build this whole beautiful home and then whoops, they built it in a vehicle that can't handle it. Yeah. And now they've already invested all this money into the house, whereas... If you tried to do the engine stuff first and made sure it was like a great vehicle, if you got it up to a point where you felt good, you could probably sell it and make your money back or whatever and just find a new van. I know it's so hard to like move away from a project, but sometimes you got to you got to change your course. Yeah, and know when to fold them, know <laughs> when to hold them, know when to walk away. No when to run. Wow. Did you come up with that by yourself? You know, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is, 
it is kind of crazy just the aspect of you don't know what you're really getting into until you get into it with the vehicle that you have because you could have a super reliable vehicle that goes 500,000 miles and all you got to do is just your normal maintenance on it or you might have a vehicle that goes 40,000 not even and you're you're sitting there and you're just working on everything and the other thing is that if you're going to bring it to a mechanic you know then that mechanic's going to work on it it's going to charge you a lot more money considering if you were able to do it yourself, you know, so DIYing definitely saves you a lot of money and could reinsure the fact that like you've done the right thing and got the job done. But I would first go get like an opinion on what it is and then, you know, do it yourself type of deal. Mm -hmm. So our guests today do not have a vehicle, which is rare for the show. It is, but they are nomads. They are. And so we want to bring you perspectives from nomads of all different kinds because, yes, we love van life and this is FNA Van Life, the podcast. But there's other ways to travel like Liz and Brian did with their two teenage kids. They backpacked. They went around the world. They had an amazing vacation. Or I guess I don't even know if I would call it a vacation. No, I wouldn't. I mean, they literally went on a travel spending such a small amount of money that was super frugal when they did it. And I, what I think is amazing about this is the kids that are involved, you know. And, yeah, it's a little uncomfortable at first for your kids. And I think the thing that we get confused by in life is that we think that we have to give kids comfortability and we do we have to give them stabilization in the sense of the parents but when it comes to getting uncomfortable that's when you have the most growth so you want to give kids uncomfortability in a sense so that way they could actually grow by talking to strangers by you know learning different things but they have to be put in these uncomfortable situations to be able to grow into a better person. And I think that this travel is actually doing that for these children. And I, I think it's an absolutely wonderful thing because now they look back on it and they go, Mom, Dad, remember when? And they have the most wild stories because they've, they've, they've gotten to this life and they've gotten to something completely different. And yeah, you know, it might be a little difficult with the sense of school and whatnot, but they wouldn't be able to say they had this experience otherwise. Yeah, and so if you're looking for tips for traveling with family, tips for traveling on a very tight budget, Liz and Brian have got you covered. So let's jump into this episode. I think you're really going to like it. Welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you both on the show today. Why don't we just start by doing a little bit of rundown of who you guys are and what you're all about. Okay, so I'll leave that to you, Liz. Yeah, well, we're Liz and Brian, husband and wife. Um, we live in New Zealand. We emigrated to New Zealand uh, 14 years ago with our kids, who were then five and eight. Um, we always wanted to travel. We always had the itchy feet, you know, where you're just thinking, "Oh, yeah, I'd just love to live somewhere else." So it was either going to be Canada or New Zealand, and we chose New Zealand. Absolutely love Canada, though. We got a very, very soft spot in our heart. Um, came to New Zealand. Um, lived here for 10 years. I was homeschooling the kids. We just had a complete change of life. We bought a piece of land under a, a, a dormant volcano in New Zealand, built our own home, um, set about just setting up a new life. Like I say, we homeschooled. And then the kids got to be like 16 and 13. Oh no, sorry. I should just say Brian had his own business um, as a heating uh, specialist, yep. putting European heating systems into homes. 
So we had this life where Brian was working full time. I was at home looking after the kids, schooling them. And the kids got to be 16 and 13. And we were, we just said, you know, when are we ever going to do this thing that we always said we're going to do with the kids? You know what it's like? You're like, oh yeah, one day we're going to travel the world and take the family around. And it was just year was passing, years passing, years passing. And we said, look, should we just do it? So we sold Brian's business. Um, he got out of the partnership he was in and we used the proceeds of the sale to visit 53 countries um, and travel the world with the kids backpacking for a year. So we did that on $70 a day. So it was a really, really tight budget for the four of us. And while we were traveling, it, it, we just kind of, re we just said to each other, like, what are we doing it of? What, what, I don't want to go back to, you know, living like you going back to a heating business, me just going back to doing whatever, only seeing each other at the weekends. This is what, this is what life is, should be like all the time. But you tend to think, oh yeah, but that's not realistic. You know, only special people wealthy can do people that. Can yeah, do that. Yeah. Wealthy or just someone in like journalists or like good people or whatever. And we came back from that world trip and we just said, you know what, we're going to give it a go. We're going to try and just start again. We're going to learn stuff online. We're going to see what other people are doing and we're just going <laughs> to see if we can do the same. And that's what we did. We, we, it took us five years of just building what we were building. And last year was the first time ever we were able to travel and make money while we were doing it. And it just felt so good. It was just like, yes, we can do it. So yeah, we actually become those digital nomads that you kind of read about and people make money location independent. Yeah. yeah I know we're at home at the moment, but, um, that was mainly because we wanted to come and finish Liz's book and do a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. 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 And get ready for travel next year again. So that's us in a nutshell, really. That's it. That's beautiful. I mean, it's kind of incredible that you you actually found the wits of yourselves to get out there and do it, especially with two kids and doing it, you know, for $70 a day. That's super impressive. I think that <laughs> that would be extremely hard to do with two people today. So I can only imagine, you know, what type of food you would eat and all these things. Uh, what's interesting is that we actually do something. Very, I did something very similar. I did HVAC for a living and I did yeah. that for eight years and um, uh, saving up money and stuff. I didn't have my own business. Kind of wish I did because, you know, the sale of the business would have helped. <laughs> but uh, that's that's absolutely incredible. Tell us like a little bit about the like what was the hardest part of leaving like that regular nine to five and selling the business for you and uh, and what that was like. Well, the actual, you know, like Liz was sort of touching on before, I was doing probably 60 hours a week because it's your own business. And, you know, even when it comes to the weekends, you've only got sort of two days with the kids and to go and do something and you're pretty whacked and tired. You know, you're not coming home till sort of seven or eight o'clock at night. And I don't know, I just felt like I was missing out. So this huge relief that to actually realize I'm going to sell the business. It, it, and it was it was so exciting but so, so scary, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I, I got quite stressed to, you know, towards the end of the sale and everything. Cause we need, it was too, it was, it was a bit of a double whammy. We had to get the house ready, although it was kind of a newish house. We had to get it ready for renting because we were going to rent the house for a year to help pay for the trip. Um, because we, you know, we've got a mortgage on the house. Um, and so it, it was, it just to actually realize that, you're not going to have any income apart from a bit of rental. Um, it, it was so, so scary because I've been a tradie for 40 years and to sort of throw it all up in the, in the air and think that's it. We're, we're not going to earn any more. So we're going to have to think about getting another way of earning. Liz had just started our travel bot blog 
But, you know, with a travel blog, it takes so long. It can take two years mm-hmm. just for posts to start to rank. And and and, and even with, we, we, we weren't even thinking about YouTube or podcasting back we then. We didn't know anything about stuff like no. that. It was totally, yeah, yeah, that was like, we don't know about things. Like, how yeah. do people do it? So, yeah. But, you know, on the way back from, um, on, on the world trip, we stopped in, in, in Thailand in a place called Chiang Mai. And that's the sort of the land of the digital nomad. You know, you've got a lot of um, Americans, uh, Australians, English, uh, Canadians. And you meet these people and we went to a few sort of uh, conferences there didn't we and um so inspired inspired and the worst part you know you say about selling the business the worst part was coming back from that trip because it was terrifying coming back knowing we're moving into a house we've got a mortgage to come out and it's just like where are we going to get the money from Mm -hmm. you know um but it was exciting you know and that long slog for five years i did a bit of uh, sort of freelance work some project management and design work for heating stuff um, to give us a little bit of extra income coming in. But now it's got to this point where last year, like we said, we went traveling for around Europe and we were getting paid. You know, uh, it's not we don't earn masses of money, but it's enough. And that's what mm-hmm. makes it, you know. I think people don't realize that, like, you know, having enough is enough, right? And yeah. if your goals are different than having the house and the nice car and, you know, all these luxury vacations, you don't really need that much to live. And hopefully you're maybe traveling for more than $70 a day budget now, but, <laughs> you know, you it can be done and you can make all of these things happen for yourself. So let me ask you this. When you first, you know, decided, you said 53 countries, was that something that was very intentional? You knew what you were doing when you set out? Because some people are planners in the sense that, you know, on day one, they know what they're doing on day 365. Or was it kind of like a natural evolution of, you know, talking to people, being in places, having opportunities presented to you? Like, how did the travel kind of unravel for you? So if you take that person that you've just said, that person that is, you know, they, they plan and they know what they're doing in 365 days and then put them at one end of the scale and then just take us and just throw us off the end, the other end completely, you know, it's like, that, that's us, that's the way we traveled. So no, because we were, because we, we knew the one place we knew we were going to start was America because Brian's brother is from Florida. And also it was a kind of bribe to our teenagers because he lives near, you know, Orlando. Orlando. Well, he lives in Fort Lauderdale, but, you know. We we knew that we were going to be going to Asia. We did a hell of a couch surfing. So that's how we kept our budget down. We were sleeping on people's couches. Like we spent a month in Japan and didn't spend a penny on accommodation because we were couch surfing the whole time. So we knew what we had, but the kids were just horrified by this. Like they were teenagers. They were like, what are you talking about? There's no way we're doing that. So we kind of said, oh, you know, how about we start off? We'll take you to Disneyland with Uncle Dave. It's going to be so cool. So we started, we knew that we were going to Florida, but from there on in, it was always where we could get a couch surf or, you know, where there was a house sit or, you know what it's like, you meet other travelers and they're like, oh, you've got to go to this place in India. And and, and then you think, oh, okay, well, you're right, then we'll just go there. So no, it was very, very designed, it just off the, off the foot, it, off the what's it what do you say off the it's just like we were literally flying by the seat of our pants you know i, I remember we'd, we'd we'd go right we've got nowhere to go next week and not only that in two weeks we're out the country so sometimes we would just sit for our, like two days just going through google you know figuring out where could we go oh we can go well if we're going to go to you know 
Thailand or we're going to go to Vietnam or we're, how, how, you know, it's just trying to figure it out. And then, mm. but not book too far, but obviously foreign, you're booking your flights in advance, um, foreign yeah. ahead. And that was yeah. about it. And then you just think, right, we'll figure it out from there and constantly looking for house sitting. Couch surfing. Um, yeah, couch surfing and house sitting that mm. was the big things um but obviously house sitting doesn't work all the time if you're on that you know it's not going to work for you it's it, like a week out or two days out or something you know so yeah mm-hmm. yeah we definitely dig your guys style it's a very similar style to how we travel as well we don't really we kind of have like a roundabout oh we need to be back here by this date but then everything after that is just word of mouth. People are telling you to go here or go there. And you take them up on that offer because what better information than local information to then like not really have any expectations to uh, to set and which I think creates an even better outcome because you're not setting this high expectation. And then, you know, it's not a place isn't living up to it or whatnot. Um, so that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And the kids, I wonder how it worked for them because you know, being at that age, I think that travel is the best education in the world, you know, and, and being at that age, it could feel awkward. It could feel, you know, just different and weird compared to most of the other kids in the or world. Or you're missing your friends, or you think you should be yeah. doing something else, or, you know, because you're very much going against the grain of what all the other kids your age are doing. So, you know, after the Disney trip and all the bribery that went into <laughs> that, you know, how did they manage and do? Because I know a lot of people want to travel with their kids, but they're, you know, scared. But just, just imagine being 14 years old and having to spend almost a year in the same bedroom as your mom and dad. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's <No>. rough. <laughs> they, if you are, I'm, I'm glad they're not here so you can't ask them because they would certainly contradict what we're going to say. But yeah, they, they, they were brilliant. They were absolutely fantastic. They just got on with it. And now when you talk to them, especially my son, he's 22. And he just said, oh, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Tess, our daughter, she loved it, but she did miss her friends. You know, I'm not going to lie. She did miss her friends, but she was such, she was so good. She just did, dug in and got on with it. And yeah, she was, she, she just, she just got on with it. And yeah, I think they look back with fonder memories now than actually at the time. It was like Liz is saying, you know, they did dig in, they had to, you know, and some of the, the stories, if you could ever get to speak to them. The, They're both yeah, traveling, yeah, travel yeah, fans now as well. They fans. both love tra- to travel, which I hope that that, ad- you know, that, that encouraged them to do that by showing them that there's more to life than, you know, just staying in the same town in the same country for the rest of your life is just go out and meet people and yeah. They, they learned they learned so much. They did. They learned yeah. about different cultures, everything that you could never ever teach them at school. Mm-hmm. You know, to actually see it hand, you know, you know, them actually going through all these things and visiting all these different places. It was so eye-opening for them and it's made them want to travel again. Yeah, and also our, sure. our son is 22 now and he works full-time online. So he's he's got uh, you know, he does something on he does my, uh, my, he, 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 he operates his own Minecraft server. Yeah, he's got a, a big following on TikTok. He's done yeah. like three quarters of a million followers on TikTok. And uh, he does, uh, I think it's called Twitch streaming. So he streams um, all that sort of thing. And he, he's great. He's trying to um, make a, a child friendly server that is, has got good um, sort of staff that run, run it and everything and, and look out and make it safe for them, like, you know? So but I honestly, I think, good. I don't think he could have done that. I, well, I think it boosted him a lot, the world trip, because it was just him. We gave him our, our old laptop. 
he would make vlogs. You know what it's like at that age. You're like, oh yeah, here I am, guys. Made it look easy. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like, <laughs> he taught himself editing. He it was on camera a lot, and he just, and I just think it gave him that that love for wow, I could actually do this too. So to see him doing it now is just like, oh, I'm so we're so proud of him, proud of both of them. But it's just. It's great that he's also embraced that, wow, I could make money online and I can, you know, just go and do whatever I want to do and be wherever I want to be. So we're, we're, we're super glad that we did it with them. Mm-hmm. Do you have any stories maybe that you share in your book of some times where things maybe didn't go to plan with the kids and the travel and, you know? Oh. Plenty of those. We've got plenty. <laughs> share one of them with us if you can. Okay, I'll share one of you with them. Um, you'll like this because it's it, so couch surfing. Have you have you ever done couch surfing? Do you know what we couch have not because we travel in a van, well, right? So we usually have our van with us. So right. I will say that we have kind of couch surfed in the sense of like we we call it mooch docking. Yeah, we call it mooch docking where right. people will be like, "Hey, you could park in my driveway," and then they actually would offer us like either a bed or a couch or something, or and like a shower or normally, the kitchen. Normally, for us, we'll say we don't need the bed at night because we'll sleep in our van, but we would gladly come in and shower and spend time with you. You know, have some you know fun time, play some some games or whatever it is, but yeah, just the experience so, of learning about new people. Was we've great. had some great experiences of yeah. that and some questionable yes. experiences. <laughs> <of> that. <laughs> Usually it's people that you don't know who are kind of offering this to you. Obviously friends and family is one thing and yeah. you kind of know what you're getting into, but when it's a complete stranger in a foreign place, it can interesting. get interesting. <laughs> Different yeah. language as well. So, yeah. <laughs> Couchsurfing is an organization. You actually pay $100 a year to be in it now. But when we were doing it, it was completely free. So it's where you sign up. It's where travelers help other travelers. You sign up. You've got a spare room or a couch or whatever. And you say, yep, okay, if anyone's in New Zealand, if anyone's in Taranaki this weekend, I've got, and you want to stay, you come and stay. It costs absolutely nothing. You turn up at their house. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm making it, it's, you know, you you obviously make a profile. Making it sound great, Liz. No, but you make a profile and you say who you are and I would prefer no smoking and, you know, I would prefer female only and all that sort of thing. So you make your profile and then wherever you are in the world, you go onto the couch surfing website. You can be a host or a, what's the opposite to host? Guest. Guest. Yeah. And uh, yeah, or, or both. And um you just apply. So say I want to visit, like we went to Charleston and we wanted somewhere to stay in Charleston. We didn't have the money to pay for a hotel. So I look up, is there any couch surf host in Charleston? And there's a lady, a lovely lady who had a two, two spare bedrooms just in this gorgeous house, you know, like with this big deck overlooking this swamp. And it was just like real Charleston-y and it was just lovely. And it was, and that was the, the experience throughout the world, you know, as we went around the world. And because these people are travelers, they want to talk to you about your travels and you'll often have a meal with them. And as the guest, it is polite to say, although there's no money exchanged, you might say, can we cook dinner for you tonight? So that's what we would always do. We would be like, you know, can we cook dinner? And and it's great because you get to speak to the local people. And yeah. that's, that's what that thing is. And they'll tell you all the best places to go. So yeah, apart from having the meal, sometimes, you know, it can be a bit awkward and stuff like that, but you know, but you're, you're trying to get to the point yeah, in Italy, I think. Well, so we went all, like I say, we went all around the world and, and the highlight probably was Japan because someone had said to us, you know, Japan, you're not going to manage it because you can't speak any Japanese. It's super expensive. There's no way you're going to be able to visit Japan for a month. And lo and behold, 
Japan was probably one of the easiest countries that we visited because of the Japanese people being so hospitable, just so kind. You know, just, I can't begin to tell you. So that we, we had this very, very positive um, experience with couch surfing. Um, now, the kids being teenagers, of course, they always want to make a little drama out of something. And, oh, I'm sure that guy is a bit weird. And, you know, well, I, I don't know. He doesn't look quite right to me. Why is he saying that? And all the rest of it. And you're like, look, you know, just stop trying to make a drama out of everything. It's it's going to be absolutely fine. And we tried to keep it all level. And, you know, anyway, we're in Italy and we wanted to visit Florence. And again, didn't have the money. So I said, I'll, I'll find us a couch surfing host. And everyone, because it was the middle of summer, a lot of the couch surfing um, hosts were, were, were booked, you know. Or on holiday themselves. On holiday, yeah. yeah. But there was this one guy and he said, oh, and, and also you're a family of four. So it's a big ask, you know, it's a bit different if you're just single person to stop, you know, getting down on the couch or whatever. But a family of four, especially teenagers, it's a big ask for someone, isn't it? So when he turned around and said, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to host you in my house in Florence. I said, oh, thank you. So Tess and my, um, my son, he's like, the first thing they always wanted to do is let me read the reviews, pass me the computer, let me read the reviews, let me read the reviews. So of course, on his reviews, there are a couple of dodgy ones, like people going, don't stay with this guy. The kids are like, oh, no, 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 don't accept that. And I said, no, we are going to accept it because we haven't got anywhere else. And I'm sure he's a very nice person. We want to see Florence. Yeah, we want to see <laughs> We need to get him over for the Champions League final. <laughs> so I went ahead and I said, yes, please. We'd love to come and stay with you. And we were staying for four nights as well. Yeah, we so were, again, yeah. it's a big ask. Yeah. And we said, we'd love to stay with you. Anyway, normally when you're couch surfing, the host will maybe email you, I don't know, a week before and say, looking forward to seeing you next week. And that's all you hear from them until you get there. It's very low key. But this guy, he kept emailing me, like saying, what are you planning to cook for us when you come? Like, and, and we you were will, like, you, you will be cooking. It's yeah. not a case of like, hey, it's okay. if you, It's like, you will be cooking and... Um, what will you be cooking? And not only that, people who were staying there, because this guy, was, it would take like up to nine guests. You all had to pay like 10 euros each. And we were like, mm, okay. It sounded a bit weird, like, you know. And then Towards the food You, you went out and got the food. So. But again, I just said to the kids and, and Brian, because Brian was a little bit worried about this. And I said, you know, it's, <laughs> I said, it's just all, all it, he just wants to know what he's having for his dinner. There's nothing wrong with that. He just wants to know what to expect. And okay, all right then, all right, if you say. And then the next day we get an email. Um, how tall are you? How, no, no. What are, your, you. what are your measurements? He said, what are your measurements? And I said, oh, our measurements. And he said, yeah, in particular, your, 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 youngest, your youngest member of your family, what are their measurements? And Tessa's like, why does he want to know my measurements? And I said, I don't know. I said, maybe they haven't got a big dining table. Maybe he's just trying to work out where we're all going to be sitting and sleeping and whatever. So I said, okay, well, she's 13 and she's this tall. And he said, okay. See you, see you in two days then. And we're all, I must admit, we were all a bit nervous, weren't we? And we turn up and, he, and his apartment is, on to, is in the middle of Florence and it's at the top floor of this apartment. And i never forget, the car pulled up. And you know, you're looking out the window like this. The kids are just like heads glued to the glass looking up. And he was on the balcony with no shirt on. And you know how Italians, like they wave their arms around like this. And, and he had this white 
like, hair, not like Einstein. Einsteiny hair with no shirt. The kids were freaking out because he didn't have a shirt on. But it was the summer, and you know, I was like, fair enough. And he's standing on the top of the balcony, and he's like, "Welcome, welcome, family, welcome. Come up, come up. I'm waiting for you." And like, oh, the, I, I just thought, right. Anyway, the kids just like Tessa's squeezing Brian's hand going up the stairs. So we walk up the stairs, we get to the top of the flat, he opens the door and immediately, I mean, you don't want to judge because these people are like giving you somewhere to stay for free, but immediately you can see that this is like a, maybe a, let's say a hoarder house. Yeah. <laughs> let's say oh. there's, yeah, there's lots of like magazines stacked up all over the place. Lots and, of old computers all over the place yeah, and stuff like that. He was yeah. an IT guy. Yeah. yeah. And it just like, I just thought, oh, well, you're just eccentric. It's fine, you know. And, and, a, and bit, a bit grotty and grubby as well. It was a bit grubby, yes. Yeah. But again, you don't want to, you know, it's like, okay, fair enough. And he said, okay, I'll show you your rooms. Come in. And Sonny was first. Uh, no, he, he showed me and Brian our room first. And we had a room, double bed. It was absolutely fine. It was great. I mean, there was stuff all over the place, but that's fine. You know, just Boxes fa- thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. And he said, and Sonny, this is your, this is where you will be sleeping, Sonny. And he's put Sonny in the hallway. Sonny's now 17 years old. He's put Sonny in the hallway on a... Like a, a Z bed, we a, call it here. A like, Z you know? bed, yeah. And around the Z bed was one of these, you know, those things that you get in hospital for privacy, you know, when they pull the... Curtain. Yeah, like... Well, it's like a shower curtain, curtain almost. That's it, yeah. Yeah, it was like a Z bed. We will show you where you are to sleep, Tessa. So it's, he leads us through the kitchen. And like, you know, you're picking your way through the ki- kitchen past the millions of tins of cat food and stuff like that out onto the deck he opens the deck and he goes and he leads us down across the the balcony and on the balcony is an I can only describe it as a large rabbit hutch so you know what a rabbit hutch looks like you know like low down rabbit hutch with and it was like a long rabbit hutch like a a big dog kennel (laughs) with one little window I shouldn't laugh I'm only laughing because (laughs) and he said, this is where Tess is going to be sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> you have to measure the rabbit house to make sure she can fit. Yeah, that's it. Because it wouldn't take a full-size man, like, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. I said, could I look inside? And inside he put like a little mattress and a quilt. And he'd even put up on the, like, tacked up on the window, like, because it was a little plastic see-through window. Obviously, you couldn't open it. it was But the window was literally, you know, six by six inches. Yeah. And he tacked up a little curtain, like yeah. a little piece of material. Yeah. So you could breathe through it. And all I could hear from behind me, I could hear her voice. She was like, Daddy, I am not sleeping in there. I am, and we just go. I'm not sleeping. And I was trying to juggle it where it's like, you don't want to be rude. You don't want to go, well, there's no way I'm putting my daughter in that. But you're also never going to let your daughter sleep in a rabbit hutch on the duck. So it's like... Uh. I just said to him, oh, do you know what? Thank you so much. This is really lovely. But I mean, just typical Brit that, isn't it? It's like, oh, thank you so much. But it's just like, thank you so much. But can she, she's actually going to stay in our room because she, you know, has nightmares. And he said, oh, no, that is fine. That is fine. She can sleep. But if she wants to, she can sleep here. Like, you know, it's just, so yeah, it was, she always loves to tell that story about how her parents took her to Italy and made her sleep in a rabbit hush. <laughs> you did actually get in it and uh, we could take a picture of her. Yeah, we've got a great picture of her laying in it, like sticking her hand out the windows if like, help. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome story. <laughs> That's an awesome story. I, what I find hilarious at first when you're telling me like measurements, I'm thinking like 
Is this guy trying to figure out a body bag for everybody? <laughs> you were thinking, you're making a coffin here? <laughs> and then as you, when you got there, I was thinking, oh, maybe he needed the measurements to move the papers and computers around so that way he could sleep comfortably. <laughs> I was not expecting that rabbit house. <laughs> Yeah. Neither were we. <laughs> yeah, every bit of furniture had something on it. So, you know, you get there and you think, I need to just put my iPad down or my or something or charge the phones and everything has to be put on the floor because yeah. there was no space anywhere. But just, we had a good time. Yeah, we had great. a good time with it. There, there was, was an Indian family that turned up and that was just, wow. Yeah, was a, was they, just, they cooked and everything and it was it's just great. Yeah. We, we were laughing our heads off uh, in the background. It was great. <laughs> so, Liz, it sounds like you have a very like, laissez-faire go with the flow kind of attitude about life you know always looking on the bright side you know giving everybody the benefit of the doubt kind of thing do you think that that's an attitude that you absolutely need to do this kind of travel because I feel like if you're close-minded you know these things would never go that well yeah yeah yeah. I don't know I've never really thought of it I've just thought I've just always thought that people are kind you know and they and they are that's that that's what hit me when we went around the world it's like do you know what people are really really nice they're really kind and also they are and also they just want to be treated like you want to be treated don't they you know it's just like that's all anyone wants it's like we're all the same and it's like yeah I, 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 I I love I loved it because so many people would say like I say don't go to Japan you know they're really unfriendly and don't go to there, you know, they don't like tourists and don't say that and don't, and it was like, no, I'm sorry, that wasn't our experience at all. It was, we just found it to be, people were just kind, really kind. But you've, yeah. you've got to have that attitude, like you say, because even when we went traveling last year and, you know, the, the COVID was still kind of going on and uh, the war in the Ukraine and we were heading for Europe and everyone's going, what are you going there for? You're crazy, mm. you know? And it's just like, you just think, do you know what? There's millions of people live there. If it's going to go, it's going to go, isn't it? Like, no, it's, I'm going to live. I'm going to keep living, like, you know, mm-hmm. instead of thinking I'm, I'm living my life in fear. Yeah, and we had a very similar train of thought when it comes to that as well. You know, just the idea of like, there's millions of people that live in each one of these spots exactly. and they're getting by and they're doing fine. Mostly, you know, it's like the one to 2% of people in these areas that are, that have that hardship that are really going through it. And, uh, I want to just tell one quick story about, uh, a very similar experience for us in uh, Mexico. It, no hoarder, no hoarder, but like, <laughs> the idea of like the, the aspect of people are so scared of Mexico. And it's a place that for us, we were excited to go because we wanted to eat the food. We knew that people were friendly from our experiences previously. And we were in San Miguel Aldonde. I think that's how you say Allende. it. Allende. And, um, and so when we're there, we parked up at this park and it's this gorgeous park. And if you know anything about the city, it's one of the most beautiful cities in Mexico. And it's a fairly wealthy city at that. And so we're parked up and I went and I shot some basketball and we're hanging out and I come back up to the van and I get back in the van. Alex is in the back and I take off my shoes and I take a minute before I go to the back. And as I'm sitting there, a car pulls up next to us and it's like a Jeep. And the gentleman's like, you know, roll your window down. So I roll my window down and I'm telling him like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not, we're not moving from the spot for a little bit. I thought he was going to ask me, you know, if I was leaving. And he's like, no, no, that's not what I wanted to say. He said, first off, like, welcome. And uh, he goes, I live around the corner from here. Um, I have a shower and everything. And if you would like a shower, 
please like, you know, let me know, take my, I was like, sure, I'll take your number. So I took his number and we decided to make a little TikTok video about it because, you know, we, we texted with him and stuff and I got a good feeling and a good vibe from him. And, you know, you got to go with your gut feeling on, on these situations. And so Alex and I bounced the idea of actually going and taking the shower. And so we started making a video about it and we were like, should we do it or should we not do it? You know, to TikTok. And sure enough, everybody went off. Pretty much a majority of people saying, no, don't do it. Just absolutely terrified, saying the worst imaginable things you could think. And so sure enough, we went and did it. And uh, (laughs) he's in like a gated community, you know, where you have to go to the door and like ring a bell. And then he comes out and, and gets you. And it was an absolutely gorgeous home that we wound up going into. And he offered the shower to us and everything. And he said, also... After your shower, if you want to stay here, feel free to stay as long as you want. This is this room right here is fully for you guys. There's a mattress over here if you want it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, he, and then he just let us be. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm going to go inside it, be with my family. Feel Aww. free to do whatever you need here. That's yeah. so lovely. But that's 100% right, like you say. You know, there's there's millions of people live around the world, you know. And I, I always had the philosophy of like, if you want to look for, if you want to look for trouble, you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't look for it, you know, and and what you give out, you get back, don't you? And it's that type of thing. And that's what you say. You meet these people, and you just think everyone's the same. They just want to be happy you and do. live yeah. live together. You know, and it's yeah. true. And they want to share their experience of their country with people. Yeah. We did all of Mexico and Central America, and everybody was so afraid for us and telling us how scary these countries are. And every single human being that we met was happy and excited to see us and smiling and wanting to show us things and share things with us and tell us the best place to go. And yeah, it's really, it's eye-opening because you come back and even, you know, we were just with some friends this weekend telling them, you know, about it. And they're like, well, like, weren't you ever scared? And didn't anything bad ever happen? And, you know, the answer is kind of no. And I would even say what was surprising is the people with the least are willing to help you the most. Oh, exactly. Yes. 100%. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, and I think those are the people sometimes people are scared of and mm-hmm. realistically there's there's almost no need to be, you know, mm-hmm. because they're going to be the ones that are willing to help you the most. Yeah. 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 It, 100% we were in Sri Lanka and we were doing we were doing a camp surf um a family of about 6 they all slept on one big bed, like two big double beds sort of or king size beds sort of pushed to pushed together. And we were coming around there. I was looking around thinking, where are we going to sleep? Like, you know, and the whole family got out and, and slept on the floor in the other room. Mm-hmm. And we were saying, no, please don't, you know, we'll, we'll sleep on the floor. Cause we've got, you know, we were backpacking. We've, we had, um, you know, p- p- pillows and sleeping bags and all sorts of stuff. And he was like, no, 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 you're our guests. And they had no money. There was a, you know, there was a fire on the kitchen bench top cooking wow. the food, an opening in the, it was a concrete building, but it was an opening in the top. And same in the bathroom was all open, wasn't it? Mm. You know, so it was open to the, you know, the elements and stuff, but fantastic people like, you know, this, this super friendly guy. And I know? remember like that, that was one time actually that, you know, you think, oh no, what am I doing? You know, we've, we've got the money for a hotel. I can put it on a credit card. You know, it's if push comes to shove. I can pay for this. And you felt, I felt that was one time I thought, what are we doing? You know, I, I'm not going to put this family out of their bed. We started talking to a local tour guide and I told him, he asked me what we were doing and, we, and I told him the same as I've just said to you. And he said, do you realize, he said, if you turn this down, if you say no and you don't go to the house and, and eat their food and, and share a meal with them, 
you're going to insult them greatly. You, they're, they're doing this because they want to meet you and, you know, they, 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 want, they want to help you and they want to get to know you. And, and yeah, when you put it like that, it just, it, 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 it hits you, doesn't it? It does. It really, it's exactly like you say, the ones without any money will give you the shirt off the back almost, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's, it's, it's so heartwarming to know that that's what the real people are like. Yeah. And we kept in touch with him and sends Christmas cards and things like that. And it's just, yeah, yeah. just a lovely guy. It's just, yeah, Sonny played with his little daughter yeah, and she yeah. played a, yeah. yeah. So it was yeah. really, it was really nice. It yeah. was, yeah. yeah. But you're right, what, yeah. What dawned on me, like, was, you know, they don't have money to travel and do these things, but, like, in a way, in a sense, this is their opportunity of travel. Yes. You know, the opportunity to meet random people from all over the world and get a travel experience without having to leave their home because mm-hmm. they don't have that ability to. You know, so you're given the gift of that, you know, that travel to them and the story and the stories of where you go and these places, you know, it's like the people that can only afford to read the book, you know, or listen to the story, you know, that somebody's telling them they're getting a sense of compassion and travel and all these different things that we're able to get firsthand because we, we are able to make that leap and do the travel because we could afford it in, you know, a different type of way. So I, I think that it's a beautiful thing, but that really just dawned on me right now, like just that idea of that. And I don't, I just realized how many people we've given that to uh, just like you guys. And it, it just uh, really puts a nice, like, you know, love in my heart. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, no, it does. Yes. It does. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it hit me once when I was, uh, I was just in a, a cafe in Vietnam and I didn't know, didn't know any of these people. They're just going about their daily lives and you're all coming in. They're all coming for coffee. And the amount of people that were just there smiling and happy and laughing, mm. you know, and you know, they haven't got masses of money and stuff like that, but it's just, you know, it just hits you and you just think, this is it. You know, it's, this is what we all should be like, you know, yeah, and yeah. not this divide, just this happiness that just going about your, your, your day-to-day things, but with a smile on your face. And mm. that's what travel brings to you, isn't it? You know, if, if you don't do it, you know, you're going to miss out on so much. Really yeah, we're, we're kind of touching on this, but I'm wondering, you know, when you set off on the travel, it was a one year adventure and then you come home and now you've got this whole new perspective and experience and really want and desire for your life. Was that something yep. you kind of like, how did that develop as you were traveling? You know, this change in your perspective on the world and how you work and what you're doing and what's important and what's valuable. I think it's. Do you want to go? No, yeah. Let you, let you. I, I, for, for me personally, I think it would just be. Uh, you just sit there sometimes, don't you? And you just, I, 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 you have those deep think, thinking sessions where you just think, what is it? What are we doing it for? You know, why are you? What are you doing? What? What? Yes, we've got a lovely house, and yes, we've got, like you say, we haven't got a nice car, but some people have got a nice car. <laughs> and, um, and then you think, yeah, but my kids are getting older and older and older, and they're going to go, and and we're getting older, and we don't, yeah. we only see each other at the weekend, and all of a sudden, you you kind of just think, I would rather have less and more of what's valuable than the other way around, and that is what the other way around is, isn't it? You guys know this more than anyone. It's like, it's just. What, oh, life that, experiences yeah. and that's 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 it's it's you know don't don't get to the 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 end of the finish line or get to the finish line and then think oh that's what it's about it's mm. like try and find out what it's about before like you know and 
you know, we've always been into traveling, me and those from day one. We used to go and work in the Greek islands because we used to live in the UK. Um, you know, and we, we in the summers would go down there and work in bars or uh, restaurants. I'd be chefing, there'd be waiting on and stuff like that. We've worked in Canada, we've worked in France, and there's all these brilliant places, and you get to meet all these these, these amazing people, you know, and then the huge move to come to New Zealand. Uh, and take you pick up your family from there and take them um, down under, and I just think you know, like you say, after that travel of of wanting to go and do that trip and then coming back and then realizing you know, because life starts to compress as you get older. I turned sixty this year, and it's just like I don't want to get to that point where I'm going to leave it for another fifteen years and then can't do it because you know I've hurt my hip or something, or you know you can't get around, and 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 that's why you've got to do it now. You know, and just have that thing of just keep going and, and you know, do it until you have to stop or whatever it is. But, um, you, you know, it's, it's like when you start in families and things, it's you think, yes, it's a, it's a huge change to your life um, and you don't get the same sort of freedom, but you just move with it and roll with it and make yourself have a different style of freedom. You know? I think you actually get, I think you actually get, yeah, it's a lot of freedom, but yeah, that's yeah. a different, that's a different thing. But yeah, but it's the same, isn't it? When you're, when you're doing this and then you think, society just makes you think but you not you know no 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 you've got to have a job you've got to be working 40 hours and you can just do this two weeks a year this is your holiday you know you've just and, and I think it's that thing of like pushing back and going no especially when you can see other people doing it you think well if they're doing it why can't we do it but it's just conditioned well, it is, into you isn't it, it, it to it, just think yeah. no 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 yeah it was it was a big a big risk and a big I'm just really lucky because I've got got you, Brian. You're a, a tradie and tradies yeah. can always find work and you, you know, can always put your hand, you know, if this all went sideways tomorrow and you know, we we didn't make any more money online, then I'd go back to being a plumber because everybody needs a yeah. plumber, you know. Yeah. Whether it's a recession or not a recession, you still need a plumber, you know. But it's I you know, I spent 40 years on my knees, you know, <laughs> uh, and crawling into houses and you know, installing tons of plumbings and plumbing and heating systems and it's just great to do something else. You know, that, that was the beauty of being a tradie. You could, and I always tended to try and work for myself. So we could just take three months out and think, yeah, let's go traveling. But, mm. you know, it's... Not um, really when you've got mortgages and things, but yeah. No, you don't. But then we, we've never been af uh, afraid of renting a house. So, you know, people go, how can you have someone sleeping in your bed? It's just like, well, you go to hotels, don't you? So what's the difference? Yeah. You know, yeah, but my bed. And it's like, mm, just change your mind. <laughs> as well Alex it's that uh, uh, what the, the the last thing I'll just say on it is it's just not holding on too tight to things I think that's what I've really come to learn over the last 10 years you know traveling and then doing what we're doing now and the last years of my homeschooling it's just it will be fine it will be it will be fine you know you can do what you think you want to do and if it doesn't work then that's fine and you can find something else just don't hold on too tight and I think that really helped us thinking about, even with yeah. the trip, you know, don't, don't hold, like you said, you know, just, it's just, don't be like, oh, this place is going to be perfect. And, and then you get there and it's like, oh, well, it's not that good. It's just, just go with it, you know, just, just go with it and see what happens. And, and live for now and not stop worrying about the future. Yeah. What's going to happen when this happens, that happens, or if you do this, it's just like, no, right today is where you are, isn't it? And that's, mm -hmm. that's what you've got to, that's what, that's where you've got to live your life. It's just right now. And, you know, see how it goes. Yeah, you guys gave me a ton of inspiration. I mean, Alex and I are in the boat of we're starting a family. You know, we're about to have a baby in a month. Yeah. And, and 
Thank you. And like the incredible part to us is like, we want to continue to travel too. And everybody else around us, most of the people around us, not everybody uh, are like, Oh, you have like, aren't you going to settle down now? Like, you know, and we're like, no, we still want to travel and we want to at least feel that out with the baby. And, you know, obviously there'll be doctor's appointments and things like that, that we'll have to accommodate the baby for in the beginning of its life. But then there's at a certain point, you know, we get the opportunity to try to travel with the baby and see how mm. that feels and yeah. will, the, will the baby enjoy it? And part of me and part of my thought on it is if we're enjoying it and we're happy while we're doing it with the baby, the baby's going to grow up to love that and want that and, mm-hmm. and enjoy. It. And honestly, I think kids that wind up spending their lives around strangers uh, they become very well-spoken and they mm-hmm. learn how to, you know, ideally start a conversation and continue a conversation with a, a random stranger, you know, yeah. and um, they just become very well-versed in in life, I think. So for us, we're super inspired by you guys for doing this with your kids, even though they were teenagers, that's, I feel like that might even be harder than if it's mm-hmm. a, you know, a young child, just because mm-hmm. yeah. of the, the you know, the puberty and the things that they're going through <laughs> at that point, you know? And they can talk to you and tell you their opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exciting times for you guys as well. That's 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 super great. You must be yeah. really and to like go on top of the trade thing, I know I have that in my bag too as well. And I could always, you know, do be a handyman or just go back to doing air conditioning refrigeration, install units for people whatever the case may be, I, I could fall back to that, mm-hmm. you know, and, but it is inspiring. You guys, you know, built this business and, um, you know, what is that like for you guys today? And what do you think that it might be in the future? I have to pinch myself because, you know, we have a routine where, you know, we can, I can get up in the morning and it's just like, I don't need to be in the office to meet the guys to tell them what to do. Um, we have a, this, this routine where you, you know, I, I, I I'm 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 heading for the longevity sort of uh, route of life where you know I work out in the morning and stuff like that and Liz Liz does um, her her notes and and we'll go for long walks and stuff like that and so we sort of start round start try and start working around about eleven o'clock in the mornings and to me I'm just like is this real and you know it's but it, we do it's, work till seven o'clock at night sometimes we do, we yeah nine but it doesn't matter night, yeah. the fact is and you know like even yesterday you know Liz just said. I'm feeling a bit sort of drained and a bit sort of tired. Should we just take the day off? And we did. And it was just like, fantastic. You know, yeah. we, we went, um, we went walking up in the, in the mountain and stuff and it was just great. So I think, that, know, but, I think that's the, the thing you've got to remember is, is when you do work for yourself, as, as you know, it's just, it's just this, it's being strict and taking time because when you do work for someone, you get the weekends off at least. And, but when you work for yourself and when you do what, we're doing and and you don't do you you know it's just it's it's just always constant just constant yeah. constant working so i just i just want to be mindful of letting your listeners yeah. know that we're not just swanning around new zealand you know just like oh yeah here oh, we are the in. <laughs> <laughs> well even this right now is work you know like uh, as much as the audience isn't recognizing that as work yeah. it is like yeah. We're, yeah. we're having this conversation to allow people to get to know who you guys are and to even get to know us even a bit more you know, a little bit more intimately. And, you know, that pushes people hopefully to come see you guys and get to know you, maybe possibly buy some books. And yeah, it as much as it doesn't seem like work because we're, at, we're laughing, we're having fun, we're getting to know each other, you know, it, it it is part of our job. So, I mean, it's almost nine o'clock here at night, 
you know, and so we're still working and it will continue on because the editing and all that stuff. So we totally get what you mean by the fact of like the work never ends, but at least it's work we enjoy. Exactly. exactly yeah. You know, I, I just said before this, we, we were on this meeting. I just said, how amazing is this that we're just talking to someone on the other side of the world? Yeah. We've never met, yeah. never met you guys before. Like, you know, we've listened to some of your podcasts because you, well, you want to get to know who you are, like, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just, that's what I say. I have to pinch myself all the time, you know, from being a tradie where you can't delegate the work, you know, because you've got to, if you've got a kilometer of underfloor heating pipe to install, I've got to install it, like, you know, because no one else is going to do it for me. I've got, all right, you've got some guys helping you, but it's, You've got to physically do the work. Whereas this, it's, I, you know, you know what editing's like. It, you can be there for hours and hours and hours and stuff. But it's just like, I have to just pinch myself and think, this is amazing. We pinch ourselves too. You know, yes, we're working at nine o'clock at night, but we also had the flexibility. Like Frank went to the gym. You know, we have all these like, there's pros and cons to everything, also, right? Exactly. Um, so let me ask you this though. If somebody, you know, obviously a lot of people listening to the podcast are looking to get into that digital nomad kind of lifestyle. What is it exactly that you guys are doing that's affording you the ability to kind of live this way and travel? So um, we've got like three different businesses, I'm going to say. So we've got we've got my travel blog that was started when I, um, when we started traveling around the world, I thought, oh yeah, I'm going to be a travel blogger and make all this money because that's obviously going to be really easy. And then three years later, I've made about one cent off Google ad, ad, you know, just like, yeah, uh, maybe we're not going to do this. So just had to relearn all that. And it took five years before, you know, money started coming in off adverts and affiliates. And I've also made a travel course and a homeschooling course and, and, and various other things that we sell through that travel blog. So there's that. And then, complete random thing that we did. We said, let's start a drop shipping business where we're going to sell pet products because pets are very popular. So obviously people are going to make money out of pets. So we had to keep dogs quiet. We started, yeah, <laughs> we started, uh, we started, no, I can't hear anything. we started a, um, a, a, a dog blog and filled that with, I wrote lots of content for it. And, um, again, we, we were able to use that to generate income. Um, and then our, 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 this our third one, which is where we make most of our money, actually, and this was completely organic. It was completely we never set out to do this. It was one of those things where you say, "Be the help you needed." So we decided that we were going to start this YouTube channel where we were just going to. Well, we didn't really know what we were doing, to be honest. We just sat there and just talked about what we'd been doing in the day and about life in New Zealand. And as and just it, documenting your life, yeah, just well. documenting. Yeah. And as it went on, we would get these comments saying oh, you know, you guys, how long have you been in New Zealand? What's the food like in New Zealand? And, you know, how do you get a job in New Zealand? And it always been our thing that when we moved to New Zealand, not so much for Bri because he was working, so you went straight into a job, but certainly for the person that isn't working when they come to, uh, when they emigrate to the other side of the world, it was lonely. It was lonely and it was scary. And I just felt like a fish out of water. I, I couldn't stand it, to be honest. The first year I was just... I just wanted, I, I, I struggled. And we said, we always said, wouldn't it be great if, you know, there was this place that there was just all this information about New Zealand that everyone could tell you anything you wanted to know and, you know, had all these people. And if you wanted to meet someone, like if you were going to Auckland for the day, you, you would already know someone. And we didn't know back then that this was called a community. Of course, community now are like the thing, aren't they? But we didn't know this. We just thought, oh, wouldn't it be great to be able to give people this place? 
And that's how it grew organically from the YouTube channel. And we just kept getting more and more inquiries about, oh, could you talk about this? And we said, do you know what? Why don't we just start a community that helps people, supports people who are moving to New Zealand? And we did. And then we started charging a, a quarterly subscription for it, which it filled up. And yeah, that's what we're doing today. So that's why we continue to um, interview people who have moved to New Zealand. We we make podcasts about New Zealand and just to give that support and help to people who are coming down under and and need to know what they're coming to. It's, it's a huge, huge move to move to a different country. And that's what this is saying, you know, so, you know, we have a, we have like yearly memberships, lifetime memberships and quarterly memberships. And that's our main source of income, which uh, comes in. We've got up to around about 250 to nearly 300 people in the community. Um, uh, uh, quite, quite a few of them were gifted lifetime memberships from the orig- original members. Um, but it, it's just even five minutes before we started, we just got a lifetime membership and it's $500. And you just think, wow, we've just been paid for today. It's great. So that side of it, it's not every day that happens, but <laughs> it's yeah. enough to, to get by. And it's just building... As, as we go along. I also think as well, and, and, I, and I, you know, I don't want to sound like corny or anything, but it's just, I love, I've always loved that saying of like, just be the help you needed. And I've just written a book and, and self-published it. And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I just thought it was going to be easy because I thought, oh yeah, I'm a blogger. I know how to write. That's going to be easy. No problem. It almost, I'm not, it, it, yeah, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. And all I was thinking when I was doing that book was, Oh, I wish I had some people around me that had been done the same, and knew, oh, I could like do this with you now. Like I'm doing, like do a Zoom and chat, and um, you know, just just be there for each other and just support each other and like help and give tips. And now I've published that book and released it. Now it's in my mind, like the entrepreneur side of me and the person that just wants to be there to help is like, why don't I, now my next business could be starting like a mastermind group for you know new authors or just being there for people who create content online and supporting them and just giving them tips so yeah I just I I think I don't I don't know about you I'm sure it's the same but you never stop thinking of ways that you can help and make money and just keep this going that you're doing you know be able to pass on your information you know like you know you know you're you're refurbing your van at the moment aren't you and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, it's just all that stuff and document the whole thing, yeah. you know, and just think how, how, how to refer the style brilliant. of van you've got. That's a super niche, just that van yeah. alone of what it, it, it is, like, you know, and document the whole thing and just think, yeah, there you go. That's a course that you can sell. Yeah, so it's stuff like that, the same. isn't it? They can, yeah. yeah, they're just so helpful. Yeah. Yeah, what I find really cool uh, that you guys are doing is you're noticing that you're having an issue with something. You're then creating something that helps you, you know, fix that issue, like, you know, the community-based thing for New Zealand. Now you're already thinking about the next idea for the book aspect, you know, and, and what I think is cool is that you've created a business out of it. So like, to me, you guys are noticing a problem, figuring out a way to fix it yourself, realizing that you're successful at doing that, and then creating a small business out of that and turning it into, you know, possibly a much bigger business later on down the road. And I, I, when you were talking about the book, I looked at Alex because I was thinking, I'm sure she felt the same exact way when she was self-publishing her books and trying to figure out how to do it and all these little things. And I had no way of really helping her because I've never done it, you know? So creating these mastermind classes and these groups of people that you could create a business out of it, I think is a brilliant idea. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that other but I think the big thing that pe- a lot of people don't realize is that it does take time mm-hmm. you know like you start the YouTube channel or you start the blog or you start whatever and you know those first couple of months years you know like how everybody's journey is different but most people don't put up their first anything and it be successful, right? So it takes time and years and effort and slogging away when nobody's watching and nobody's paying and nobody cares. And you've just got this idea and this dream. And I think for us, it's been really, you know, the backend inspiration is that we do want to keep traveling and we want to stay on the road and we want to figure it out because we believe that we can, you know, figure out the online digital nomad stuff so that we can continue to travel and I think you have to have that bigger overarching goal so that when nobody likes your post or when nobody shares your you know video like you you can keep moving forward and keep improving and keep getting better until you get to the point where you're feeling you know we just made five hundred dollars today how great is that I don't know about you but it's just I love having the multiple streams of income as well you know, I yeah. love knowing that this month we might not sell any, you know, like this this month people, it's summer, people don't want to move to New Zealand. They're not interested. In fact, they're falling off your membership. Now they've they've unsubscribed and you're thinking, oh no, like, you know, well, that's just gone down. But house sitting is getting really popular in Europe and you're an affiliate for house sitting. So now you've made a thousand dollars this month on your house sitting post. You know, it's just, I love having that versatility and just knowing I guess that goes back again not holding on too tight doesn't it because I think if you've just got one business and this is what we did at first and this is why it was so scary it was just the travel blog the travel blog the travel blog and it wasn't making money and like you say Alex it was just no one was reading no one was doing anything no one was paying any money obviously and you do you just think oh that well if this and they're trying harder and harder and harder and the harder you try the more stressed you become and it's just Oh, you've just got to just breathe out. And I, I, I honestly think that that advice that someone gave to me, you know, just just be the help you needed, just put your efforts there. It was the best thing anyone ever said to me because that was where we could jump to like, oh yeah, well, we people want to know about house sitting, we'll tell them about that. Or so yeah, it was it, it was it was great. Yeah. And and, and talk, talking about being a digital nomad, I mean, for you guys with your van and everything, I mean, do you starling? Uh, we do actually. We got it when we were in Mexico, and it was yeah. amazing out that way. Um, as we and as we go into more remote places, it worked really well. It, it's yeah. a little bit harder to use in big cities, but when you're out yeah. in the middle of nowhere, which is where we want to be anyway, it's it's like a blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're rural in New Zealand, and we were using like sort of local Wi-Fi, you know. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to give it a go, give Elon a, a go and a plug. And mm-hmm. it's we're, here we are transmitting to you by Starlink. It's just, you know, rural, rural. and it's brilliant. It's fantastic. Well, you know, mm-hmm. I'll oh, tell yeah. you what you do as well. It's so nice talking to you because that's the other thing. When you do this as a living, you don't know anyone else who's doing it, you know, and like you finally just think you're weird. Yeah, and we'll no, one, again. no one we'll ever asks you what you do because they just know they they're not gonna, you can't explain it. So, oh, I just dread it. I I, I dread meeting strangers. And oh, what do you do? And you're like, oh no, here we go. Um, well, you know, it's, just, it's like this. <laughs> so, it's really so in nice. our in it's our podcast, we actually call those people like normies. 
you know, oh, the people yeah. that are living the very normal lifestyle. It's it's almost hard to talk to unless yeah. they had peaked interest in this type of living, whether you're flying the countries, couch surfing, I would say just like the nomadic lifestyle is very yeah. foreign to a normie. And then, so you have to have had somebody pique your interest in it for them to be like, oh, I've heard of this, you know, yeah, or yeah. Like, and have yeah, any yeah. type of like, not have that negative reaction. Like, wait, what? I think a lot <laughs> of people too, when we do tell them about what we do, they don't necessarily think about like, oh, what you're doing is cool. I think they look inside themselves and think I could never do that. I could never step out my comfort zone. I could never, you know, so obviously you're talking to the wrong audience and I'm not here to try to sell you. Like, it's not like, cause we're having this conversation. You need to move out of your apartment and move into a van. Like I'm not suggesting that for you, but I think they automatically start kind of the wheels turning in their mind of like, all the reasons why van life is not sustainable and why you could never do it and why it would never work. And, you, you know, obviously that person's somebody who's never going to do what we're doing yeah. in any kind exactly. of way. So it's, it's hard to, you know, when you find those people in your community online, who are the people who want to move to New Zealand, who are the people who want to step outside of that comfort zone, who want to do these things. It feels so good to talk to those people because you're yeah, starting on kind of the same page versus trying to like bring somebody to chapter 14 when they've only read the pre prologue, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it's like they have a, the vision because they've seen a film about, you know, uh, someone living in a, a, a campground sort of, I can't remember the name of that film, but it, it won an award and everything. And, they're all like alcoholics and stuff. And, you know, they're only working for Amazon at Christmas and they've got money. And it's like, no, come on. <laughs> it's about travel. It's not about staying in one place. You know, Alex, it's so funny that you should say that about oh, people, how they look inside themselves. Because for years and years and years, and even now, I mean, thankfully they've grown up and we don't talk about it anymore. But you'd meet someone and they'd say, where did the kids go to school? And you'd say, I homeschool. And you would just, I, I could say word for word what they were going to say. Yeah. I could never, oh, I could never do that. Oh, no, no. I, I haven't got the patience for that. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be able to. And I just think, hang on a minute, you just asked me what I do. And now you're turning it to you because like why you couldn't do it. But it's just, it's, it's so true. It's like, you just, and you've got to like try and look at it from the other side of, it's almost like, um, like not defending themselves, but the word well, when well, you're they just are sticking up for their, yeah, their, their decision, their what decision they chose. the yeah. fact that they're going to send their kids to their school. But I, I've never asked about that. I don't mind. You know, I don't care. I didn't, like you said, you're not, you don't want everyone to move into a man. It's just, yeah. this is what you're doing. And when you meet like-minded people, it's just magic. It's just, it's so lovely. It really is. Yeah. And the other side right. of it is never too late. Yeah. Yeah, it's never too late. And you know what? Some of these people might have that like epiphany, that feeling of like, you know what? I just talked to that person and it got my wheels turning. And then now all of a sudden they start like looking into it and researching it. And you know what? They might you might have opened a door to them that they didn't even know existed. You know, and I think that you know, one step at a time, it will probably make the world a much better place. The more people start opening that door to this, you know, like-mindedness of traveling and getting to see what's really out there instead of what's on their TV. Fantastic. Okay. So for any aspiring backpackers, digital nomads, want to travel with their kids, what would be your kind of two cents of wisdom 
uh, for anybody who is looking to do something similar to what you guys have done. A sense of wisdom when you're traveling is just keep your wits around you all the time. Just keep thinking all the time. And just, you know, it's not a case of like, I'm looking out for safety. It's just be aware of what's around you and stuff like that. And if you if you turn up somewhere and you don't want to go into it, don't go into it and go and do something different, like, you know, or get on the next bus out of town, like, you know. I think that's, it's just, you've got a super open mind. Just keep that open mind and just, you know, that's all I can say. An, an open mind, and don't turn off turn off the news. Plug the plug the cable at the news, critical news network, CNN, or whatever it is that you've been watching, and getting all that stuff into your head, and just put a pin in a in a point in, in, in a map, and go and see what it looks like when you get there for yourself. Yeah. And my word of wisdom would be um, just, and again, it's one of those things that people say to you when you just have an, and they will say this to you, you know, when oh, make the most of it. They're only, they're only, they're not, they don't stay like that forever. They grow up, they soon grow up. And I remember when I had my kids and people used to say that, and I'd be thinking, oh, shut up. No, they're not. They're just, you know, they're going to be in this pram for the rest of their life. You know, I would just say, just, just enjoy every single moment. Take every moment for what it is, because when you're doing something and it seems like that's it, this is how it's always going to be. You know, I'm always going to be at home homeschooling the kids and Brian's always going to be working and then two months later you've changed and all that that's changed now and you're doing something completely different so I would just say two things I would say when times are hard and you're stuck in that job and you think I'm never going to be able to do what they're doing I'm never that's 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 not true <laughs> it's not true because you know and I know that people obviously have got different situations and things like that but just changing that mindset to think we can we can do something different, and yeah, it's that other thing of just just enjoy it, just enjoy it, enjoy every every bit of it because it yeah, the sunny is twenty two now, and I look back at those photos and when I wrote the book and I was like, oh, I loved it. Thankfully, we did. We really really appreciated it. But sometimes in my life that have gone past, and I think, oh, I didn't really enjoy that, and I should have done because. I was so worried that we didn't have enough money or we, you know, this was going to happen or that was going to happen. And I wish I'd just not worried about that and just enjoyed it for what it was because, yeah, that's what's important, I think. It feels like the message to me is it always works out, man. So yeah. live present and, and don't jump to the conclusion of, oh, this is going to be a horrible thing. Like I got to stay on top of this or else, you know, obviously you're going to want to work hard and keep your wits like you were saying and you'll be fine at the end of the yeah. day do those things you'll be good you'll come out on top be yep. try to live as stress-free as possible you know i had an email from a guy the other day from in new zealand and he just said oh liz you know i can see what you're doing i see that you've traveled with your kids and you're now making money as a travel blogger and i really want to do the same and you know, i want to give up my job and we're going to go travel they're, they, they're traveling with their kids for a year and you know what how can i do with the blog and i didn't say this because i thought no don't don't be that but i almost wanted to say to him just go and enjoy your trip don't try and start a travel blog don't don't not waste that year but it in a way it was almost like i don't know it was just you could you could i wish I'd just come home and really gone for it rather than try and do it when i didn't know what i was doing and you know you would be spending yeah. time with the kids in vietnam and i would be like oh i'm just going to look up this seo thing or i'm just going to try and see if I can find out what keywords means. And, 
it's like, oh, Liz, you know, I wish you just, I wish you just waited till you came back to do that stuff, you know? And so I just said to him, my advice to him was, look, just be prepared that this isn't an easy, this isn't quick. This isn't an overnight thing. If you're willing to put in, like you said, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours of work every single day, if you're willing to do that, then go ahead and do it because you will see results. But that's, that's unless you're one of these people that can, you know, get success overnight. I don't know. I've never met any of those people, but it's hard work and you've got to be prepared for that. You've got to be sacrifice things as well haven't you you know to to make yeah. it work i think that's the old story of like you know people that certain children say oh you're lucky because you can do that and it's like it's funny that the the harder i work the luckier i get you know <laughs> yeah. on that set thing and yeah. that's it's all about it is about work it's not about just sitting there doing nothing and wait for just it to come in it well. and, but you've got to enjoy the process well, i'm just really aware that every question you ask us it takes us about 10 minutes to answer i'm really sorry no, no, that's what the podcast it. is for. I love it. I mean, honestly, you, you're getting our wheels turning too. And yeah, we've really enjoyed this conversation with you guys. And totally, we're on the same page with so many things. Like, you know, you really do. It's like, it's kind of a catch-22 because you do want to start the blog or the podcast or the videos or whatever. But then you need to find that balance between yes. enjoying the time that you're there and putting the time into making the dream a reality because both require your undivided attention, you know? So, you know, I, I don't know what my advice to someone would be on that. Right. Like, yeah, do it, but also realize that it's going to be a lot. I think what you need is you need one person who is fairly driven when it comes to like working and you need the other person to remind them to say, Hey, Let's take a step back and let's enjoy this. You know, the work is going to get done, you know, but but we got to enjoy this moment right now. Well, you'd have nothing to blog about if you didn't actually do the things. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> that, that old saying of work work um, smarter, not harder. That's that's always another good one. And that's what it's it's about, isn't it? It's finding the thing that's going to work for you and putting your effort into that instead of the thing that you think, oh, well, I love this but it's not going to ever make me any money. So it's, you've got to put those things to the side a little bit every now and then as well, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. And one thing you'll definitely learn when you first start out, you're going to be trying to film everything and get yeah. every single aspect of it. And this is what we're talking about. Work smarter, not harder. As you get a little bit more into doing it, you realize, Oh, I could actually plan for about half of this stuff yeah. and I can cut down my filming time. And I could cut down my editing time because I've actually put together some type of a little script. Even if it's a rough outline, it helps you get the point that you want to get across. And it's probably the same for blogging and for anything else, writing emails to people, creating a course, and so on and so forth. And yeah, it it definitely takes time and hard work, but uh, anybody could do it. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. yeah, percent. Yeah, that goes for podcasting a lot. Yeah, it just that, that outline makes that podcast so much easier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we've really enjoyed talking with you guys. We're excited to come and sleep on your couch in New Zealand. <laughs> you get to New Zealand, come and see us. <laughs> yeah, if we don't have a van, we're definitely gonna, you know, expect the couch. I think even <laughs> if we do have a van, we'll expect the couch and we'll come and cook you guys. Yeah, I was dinner. gonna say Alex is yeah. a good cook, so I, I'll help her. You know, but you don't want me cooking for you. For you. Yeah, get, get get on a plane and come over and see yeah. us. Yeah, because you know, sure. um, yeah, your, your winter is our summer, so yeah. that's that, that works great then. 
Yeah. Well, I definitely also want to come uh, to snowboard. I want to go to like Wanaka and, you know, go hit the mountain up there and whatnot uh, at some point in time in my life. So that's a, a goal of mine. Yeah. That sounds yeah, great. For sure. Yeah, Triple Cone or, yeah. or the Remarkables. Um, yeah, it's, or even Fuck a Pupper on the North Island, which is, that, that's, a, it's, that's, a great, um, that's a great snowboard place as well. Cool, cool. Sweet. Well, well, thank you guys so much. We're going to drop all of your links down below so everybody can come and find you. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Yeah, and thanks the same. So thanks so much for getting back so quickly, Alex. It was one of those things that sometimes... You know, you ask, I've always wanted to, I'm so interested in you guys. It's like, I'd love to go on that podcast. And then you just, it takes you, you sort of like write and then you never hear. And but you were so quick and responsive and kind. So I just want to say thank you so much for that. And thank you so much for having us and giving us the opportunity to just come on and share our story. Yeah. Really appreciate you. And maybe in a few months, you come on our podcast and see what you're up to <laughs> yeah, with babies Yeah, that would stuff. be fantastic. How about that? That'd be yeah. great. Wow, that was amazing. I had a wonderful time talking to these guys. I feel like we could have talked to them literally forever because we have so much in common, especially the fact that we're bringing a baby into the world now and we want to travel with the baby. Yeah, and I can't wait. I would love to do Van Life New Zealand someday. We've talked about that a lot. We have a lot of friends who've done Van Life Australia, and so I think that would be really cool to do both. Um, so we're definitely going to be reaching out to Liz and Brian when we make that dream a reality. Yeah, and it will be a new endeavor for us. And just like I found out today, I made a new word today. Uncomfortability. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> right? I don't know what you're even I don't know, saying whatever. anymore. But regardless, it was, uh, it was an amazing conversation with these guys. They're so inspiring. One of the things that I found amazing about this couple was how many different ways they figure out how to make money. And they obviously inspired their children, too, to do that. You know, one being the fact that he is also digitally working. And it, it really is such a cool thing to see. Yeah, I think there's so many different ways to make money on the road and then also to spend as little as possible on the road. You know, with van life especially, I mean, you have kind of your everyday costs of you know, the vehicle, the insurance, the gasoline, but you can really cut costs when it comes to food and activities and where you're camping overnight. So there are a lot of ways to keep van life incredibly frugal. And I think Liz and Brian gave us some really good ideas today on how to do that. I think they also gave us really good ideas on the fact that if there is a problem that you have, Somebody else is most likely having a very similar problem. Or has already overcome that problem. Yes. But what I was thinking was if you have a problem and you could solve it, now you could put together some type of business plan to help other people solve that problem. And it would be an easy way for you to make money on the road or establish a new business for yourself to create some type of income. So just think about the things that you're doing when you have a problem how do you fix it? And how could you help others with that? Always be on the lookout for new opportunities. And I think that's kind of like the openness of van life and the free flow of van life and, you know, following your path, which is what we love about the lifestyle so much. I guess all we're trying to say is be open minded, you know, join the nomadic lifestyle if you would like to. If you want to travel via plane and couch surf, just like these guys did, it's available. It's an opportunity. It's an option. And it doesn't take as much money 
as what it would take if you had a vehicle and you had the expensive upkeep of the vehicle and the insurance and all the other things. So just know that there's so many different ways to do nomadic living and van life isn't the only one. And we actually know a lot of people who kind of do a combination of the two. So like they van life for a time and then they'll park their van somewhere and then get on an airplane and go travel somewhere else. You know, a lot of people are just wanderlust. And so van life gives you that opportunity, you know, where you can drive but if you want to explore further than that, you can always park the van up somewhere and explore somewhere that you can only get to by flight or boat. Yeah. And the last thing that I'm going to say is that when you do that, it's going to give you a, realize, a realization of how much comfortability that van actually brings to you. Oh, yeah. Where you don't realize that when you're traveling around. At first, especially when you downside from a house to a van and then you're like, ooh, you know, I feel a little weird. But then when you go backpack and then you come back to the van, you're like, oh, my God, this is luxury. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's just this incredible thing that when you have less, when you get a little more, it's so rewarding and it feels so good and so comfortable. And we're so blessed today to have all the things that we have, especially where we live and where we're at. And we're just I feel like we're very fortunate as a society and as a people Um to be able to do all the things that we get the opportunity to do. So we're going to drop another poll in today's show notes. So if you want to let us know your preferred method of travel, obviously I'm sure we've got a lot of van lifers listening, but if backpacking or other forms of travel is something that you're into, we would love to hear about that. And maybe we could find some people to come on the show to show you those nomadic lifestyles as well. Oh yeah. I love that idea. Well, we hope that you all have an F and a day. Hey, everybody knows it's true. Van life YouTube channel, what they do. Everybody's got to get money. Everybody's about to get money. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All that.